I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Joshua Finkelman on the line. He's the managing partner over at BXE Capital. Uh, Josh, welcome to the show. Adam, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at BXE Capital and um, what specifically in the crypto space you see going on. I mean, these are always really um, hot episodes, a lot of people paying attention. Um, but before we get into that, let's get a little bit more into your background. How did you get started in business and as an entrepreneur? Sure. You know, I I um, had always wanted to be an entrepreneur, so I thought probably the, the best way to build out kind of a foundational um, background would be accounting. So undergrad, I uh, was accounting, got my CPA, and then went to grad school and got my, my master's in finance. So spent kind of, you know, the first 10 years in corporate accounting and finance, various roles, and then um, in 2000 kind of launched into uh, into my first company. Wow, I I love that route for a very specific reason because it means that you know how to run a business on the back end. I feel like <laughs> so many I feel like so many entrepreneurs have these ideas you want to do things and um and 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 sometimes not knowing the mechanics of the back end. I mean things like cash flow, things like I mean your timing, sure. a lot of other things. Um, they're they're really they they can mean the difference between you obviously um, winning or losing in that space. So um, that being said, given the context of your background, um, there's a lot of new entrepreneurs that are you know one year out of college, two years, three years out of college, and they're on that first business. Um, what kind of advice would you give to them? You know, I I, I <laughs> it sounds kind of trivial, but uh, you know I believe it. Like follow your passion. Um, that's really the best advice, you know, whatever that is. I think, um, you know, I've always done that and that's what brought me into kind of cryptocurrencies. It's been, you know, kind of a longstanding passion of mine since 2013. And if you're passionate about something, you're doing what you're passionate about, well, you, you don't work a day in your life, right? And typically, if you're really passionate about it, you're going to be really talented and good at it. So that would be my advice for kind of young professionals coming out into the, the business world is, you know, like focus in on what you really are excited about and where your heart's at. And chances are you'll, you'll really thrive and, and flourish. Yeah, I, I always like that advice because the bottom line is, I mean, it's going to make you want to stay and keep doing what you're doing, especially in the beginning. It's not likely you're going to make money quickly, um, depending. Some, some very and it's hard. Do, and they, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard work. I mean, you're putting in 60, 80-hour weeks, so you might as well do something you really enjoy. <laughs> no, it's great stuff. Um, let's let's change it up a bit, Josh. I want to get more into what you're doing over at uh, BXE Capital. So what kind sure. of uh, clients are you helping and what kind of problems are you looking to solve? So we, you know, we launched in the spring of 2017 Colorado's first digital asset investment fund. And um, so we basically, you know, have been managing this fund and providing institutional kind of grade exposure to digital assets for those people that want to have some exposure in their uh, 
in their investment portfolio. Um, so we have been, uh, you know, really we spend a lot of time on education. I think a lot of people really don't understand the uh, the technology and they don't understand the market dynamics um, behind this new asset class. So we're really excited about it and we really feel that this is where asset management is headed. And um, and we just really enjoy educating, you know, people about uh, the potential in the space. So what do you think? Let's let's talk a little bit more about um, kind of the potential, and and I'll I'll get where I'm going with this. So sure. you know, once upon a time, and you've been in business. You're you're the first fund in in Colorado there, um, as you mentioned. Um, you've been in business for a while now, and I think there's still some people on the sideline that not necessarily just as investors. So investing aside, um, there's some people on the sideline that maybe don't quite get it and think that maybe that cryptocurrency could even have the potential of going away. Um, what do you what do you think about that? About is, are we past the fad stage? Are we past the? I know my opinions, but I want to hear your opinion. Sure, sure. No, that's a great question. So you know, I equate um, blockchain technology with with kind of the early days of the internet. So we had, you know, TCP uh, technology came out, and that was the underpinnings in the internet, and that spawned a, really a new, uh, a, you know, a new industry as a whole, right, and and just spawned kind of a technological revolution. And really, the blockchain technology, distributed ledger technology, coupled with cryptography, is is really um, that that monumental of a uh, of a technology that's going to come out that really globally we're going to be able to leverage in a lot of unique ways and will at some point be that technology will be as pervasive as the internet but it's the very early days right and it's very volatile and it's a bumpy ride and there are a lot of people speculating on it there are a lot of naysayers much like the very early days of the internet um, but what we're seeing, you know, especially the past year, is Wall Street moving into this sector and building out the infrastructure to support it. We're seeing regulators and the government really start to get involved. You know, um, yesterday and today, Facebook um, was in, a, in front of a Senate committee, and they were uh, talking about launching their kind of global uh, payments platform called Libra that, you know, uh, Facebook has about 2.5 billion global users. And so what they want to do is launch uh, a digital token called Libra, whereby you can uh, send money anywhere around the world within that wallet very quickly, easily, and very cheaply. So you, what you're going to start to see is, you know, the evolution of this technology, and it's going to impact a lot of different things, one of which is money and how we move money around the world uh, with very little friction and, and very cheaply. And so that's one of the big narratives that's starting in this space. But this technology can be applied to so many different verticals, right? It's not just money. It also is going to impact asset management, supply chain management, um, smart contracts, and what have you. So we're in what I equate to kind of the early 90s for the Internet. We're in that same place right now for the evolution of blockchain technology. And so um, blockchain aside, 
Um, for cryptocurrencies or fees, um, plural, um, themselves, how do you see the maturity of that um, emerging as an as an act as an asset class that's going to be, you know, in some time? You like you said, we're in the early days now, and who would have thought we'd have phones in our pocket with the internet, right? It's <laughs> sure. supposedly going away. So in time, it would make sense that you know all those little pretty pie charts we have for all the all of our mutual fund managers and all the other managers in time. Um, is is it possible that they're going to have you know a little a little slice of that uh, crypto in there in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, that's my thesis, is that, you know, at some point, every asset manager on the planet will have some exposure to digital assets. Mm -hmm. And why is because, you know, they are a, um, a new asset class that's not correlated to any of the traditional assets, i.e. stocks, bonds, um, real estate. So when you know, there's a there's not a direct correlation. So if you're building out a a portfolio with different um, asset classes and you want those assets in your portfolio not to be correlated, right? So if IE the equity markets implode, <laughs> well, you want assets that aren't correlated to that to where maybe the other asset classes you're invested in do well. Right, and I'll set that. So I believe that digital assets are going to be a new asset class that portfolio managers will leverage and want their customers to have exposure to. Um, you know, and as well, we're seeing uh, a couple different initiatives come out. You know, Bitcoin, for those of, of your listeners who are familiar with that, Bitcoin is, has kind of the largest market cap of any digital asset in the space, and there are about 2,000 digital assets right now that are, are traded across exchanges around the world. And Bitcoin is kind of starting to uh, institutions and investors are looking at that as, as, as like a digital gold 2.0, right? As a, another investment uh, tool that can be a store of value. And there's that narrative is starting to take form and people are starting to invest in Bitcoin as uh, a hedge against the economy because there's a finite supply of Bitcoin and they are acting right now as a really good store of value, albeit it's early days. So there's still a lot of volatility, but as that asset grows, more liquidity goes into Bitcoin. Eventually, you know, Bitcoin say surpasses the global market cap of gold, which is about seven and a half trillion dollars. There'll be a, so much liquidity in Bitcoin that you won't have the volatility that you have now. And it would be a global store of value that, to be honest, when you look at the characteristics of gold versus the characteristics of Bitcoin, Bitcoin is far better, has so many more positive characteristics than gold. So that's just one example of a narrative that is forming in this new asset class that asset managers are taking a look at. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, the way I like to kind of sum it up so people understand is just think about it this way. So if we think about a huge company like the Vanguard Group, so it took, you know, John Bogle's and basically his entire lifetime for this to change. But once upon a time, uh, the Vanguard Group and their mutual funds invested only in, uh, in highly in, in, um, in domestic markets. So their thought was this, and John Bogle's thought and everybody, their thought was, um, for the most part, in, in, in big institutions was, if you have Coca-Cola, then you're getting exposure to international 
international markets. Why? Because Coca-Cola does business all around the world. But if you sure. track different funds and different things, you'll see that slowly, I mean, again, this took John Bogle's you know, entire lifetime, but now that international market is no longer, you can't just get exposure that way. To diversify, many of managers had to go out, find new emerging markets, other things, and start doing more investments directly abroad. It was no longer okay to just say, well, we have Coke and Coke sells in Mexico or Argentina or London or whatever. Now you actually had to go out and look at other um, at other markets if you wanted your fund to be a real representation of of a return um, of what's going on in overall growth. So when I what you're based off of what you're saying, which I agree with, is that over time I don't know how quick this is going to be. This might be our entire lifetimes. Might be going into the next generation. But at some point it'll be the exact same thing. They're going to be forced to because as of this moment. Um, depending on what companies you own, if those companies are making direct investments in Bitcoin or, or whatever, not necessarily as the currency, but the technology behind it, the whole cottage industry behind it, everything surrounding it, then indirectly you are investing in blockchain and all these other things that are happening based off of how the companies you're already invested in are deploying assets. But that being said, at some point, I believe, just like you said, it's going to switch to where it's going to be like, okay, it's no, you're going to have to. It's almost like you're forced to as the market changes um, in these big funds to um, start taking it more serious. And now it's just, it's just a time thing, right? Which nobody not not putting you on the not putting you on the hook sure. for that one in your crystal ball, but <laughs> um, it's just a time thing. Whether it happens in our generation or the next, we'll see. But as we know across the board, things are tending to happen faster with the distribution of information and other things, which is super exciting um, for myself and I think for everyone out there that's interested in you know long term investment gain. Um, so Josh, if somebody's listening to this and they want more information on BXE Capital or to reach out, what's the best way for them to get that info? Sure. Well, you can go to our website, bxecapital.com, or if you uh, want to send us an email, you can send it to ir at bxecapital.com. All right. Fantastic. Well, hey, Josh, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, sharing your background and also your um, insight into what's going on with uh, everything from Bitcoin to the overall blockchain um, market. So thank you for that. To the listeners, as always, I really hope you got value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And Josh, thanks again for coming on. Thank you.